I didn't really think about it. Yeah, me either. Uh, I'm running. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Russ and Blake podcast, R&B podcast, Russ and Blake, yeah, yeah, R&B, yeah, yeah. Welcome back to yet another episode of R&B podcast with Russ and Blake. Um, thank you guys for joining us again and, uh, thank God for giving us this opportunity. Of course. Um, last week we talked about fear. Yes. And, um, today we're going to talk about something that can be a little fearful for folks and it kind of ties into a few of our other topics just as we want most of our topics to do. And that's love, but Mm. not any kind of love, the best love, self-love, and uh, some people are fearful of love. That's a fact. And a lot of people would admit to it. So, Russ, for you, self-love, I know you know it's very valuable. So how do you uh, show yourself love? Mm. You know, like many things, I usually like to begin with just like breaking it down to <clears throat> what I think, like the words I'm going to use to create the philosophy about my actions, mm. right? So... I have to think about how can I love myself unconditionally? Yeah. That's usually how that will begin. And that's a tough question because, you know, we hold other people maybe to a less standard than we hold ourselves to, usually. We should. I think we should, too. So it gets to be difficult because it's how high of a standard do you want to hold yourself to? And how much can your love encompass Mm -hmm. the standard that you're holding yourself to? Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing for me that has been important because I want to be elite. I want to be great. But I need my like forgiveness and I need my understanding of my humanity to be at that same level, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm naturally going to be fallible as a human being. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like self-love is not really a concept that hardly anybody understands early in life. Like mm-hmm. you got to experience some things. And it's helpful if you feel love from someone else to realize what unconditional love is, right? Yeah. So some people that have never felt unconditional love they really struggled to love themselves just because the only way to love yourself efficiently is to love yourself unconditionally so mm-hmm. russ what is unconditional love i mean i believe unconditional love is when you're able to remain positive about your future remain positive about yourself presently and in the future in the face of anything that you may have messed up or like not hit your target Mm -hmm. upon, right? Right. Like an unconditional love towards another person and towards yourself is going to be your ability to still love through the things that you might not like. I think when we put conditions on love, it's like you behave this way, I show you love. Mm -hmm. Or if it's self-love, I behave this way, I'll show myself love. Mm -hmm. And my belief we do not have enough time on this earth to operate that way because if we're (laughs) battling with ourselves over a behavior that we did and we're stuck in our mind upset about what happened in the past and an untimely death occurs or something like that i feel like we're wasting wasting Mm -hmm. our energy wasting our thoughts wasting our our moment you know what i'm saying so i mean i think it comes down to a really deep level where it's like you got to move on and, and then create a way to think about uh, your past with just love, like putting light on it, shining light on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. That's interesting you put it that way because uh, when people think about 
the fact that tomorrow's not promised, that doesn't really motivate someone to do much of anything, right? It, it often puts fear within them. Mm. So um, understanding that the purpose that you have behind showing love and developing that self-love and trying to be the best version of yourself is really because you don't know how much time you have, right? Mm -hmm. So you can accomplish so much. You're capable of so much. And that comes from understanding within the self-love as well. Mm -hmm. um, what I don't want people to do is confuse self-love with self-worth because when you put the word worth behind it, a lot of people think about money. And when you think about yourself as an individual, you definitely don't want money to be the basis behind that because that's where you can really get in trouble and um, not have the image that you really need to have that unconditional love because money comes and goes. <laughs> there, There's... Uh, the concept that we've talked about many times before, higher highs, higher lows, things move up and down. Nothing's just stagnant or linear. So to expect monetary value to define you as a person is very, uh, I guess, a dangerous line to walk, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, but when people describe their profession and think that they should earn a certain amount of money, they think that that ties into their worth as a human being. But really, none of us are going to get compensated financially to equate our worth as a human being because there's no monetary value to put behind that. No. And that's hard for people to understand because you can get most people to answer with a dollar value for them to be able to do something, yep. sacrifice something, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But us as humans, we cannot be priced. And that has been tried many times in history. And there's a reason that we break out of those systems because just the way of the world and biologically and the, the way that our universe is and how powerful our minds are as individuals it doesn't make sense for us to be able to define that within a small number that you would be able to give me from a bank. Yeah. Yeah, that's really well put. And it's interesting because like insurance companies will try to put a value on what your life could mm -hmm. be, right? And different mathematical equations to try to say how much money would like reinforce what you're worth. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times it's difficult for people to show self-love to themselves if they think that their value is low right not understanding i mean the the field of value to me if we're going to just talk about like the physical field of value it is so volatile mm -hmm. right i mean as long as you have energy invested as long as you have something invested you can 100x overnight mm -hmm. as long as you have something in it right mm -hmm. and i think that that kind of helps people feel more love towards themselves if they have something. Right. And I'm not talking about assets like stocks or something like that. I, I think if you are talking about your um, pride or your um, basically how you feel about yourself with your money, having something invested physically like money is going to make you feel better. Mm -hmm. But what I'm trying to get to is self-value. So if you have like things that you're doing, things that you feel like, tomorrow could be your big day right the next day could be your big day like you could blow mm -hmm. up in any moment i think that keeps people going and keeps their head above water something that evokes hope evokes right? hope yeah. yeah 
because really in our society, if you don't have money, it's hard to have hope because you don't mm-hmm. get much opportunity. You don't have many things. You don't get to see many things, go many places. You feel confined. You don't feel free. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get into the self-worth versus self-love because really our freedom's within our mind. And if we allow money to rule our lives the way that many of us do, mm-hmm. we're never going to be free because mm-hmm. we're never going to be satisfied. When everything that you have is sitting right here within you, you just need to take the time to sit with it, understand it, nourish it, and love it. Give some TLC to yourself, Mm -hmm. right? So how do you practice self-love? What do you do that you think is a representation of that? Yeah, and for me, just personally for myself, I have like pillars, a few pillars that I need to tend to, Mm -hmm. or I guess we could call it maybe like a plant that I need to water in my life, right? Mm -hmm. One is studying. Because in my mind, if I love myself, then I need to challenge what I believed yesterday every single day. Mm. I need to keep challenging the thoughts that I had. And I need to keep my mind open to understanding that they could be broken. Mm -hmm. Right? I never want to get in a fixed mindset. I never want to think like, all right, now I know it. And so I'm going to stop. Yeah. That's one way I show myself love is forcing myself to create time in my day to study Mm -hmm. whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. The next thing which you're big on and you've helped me out a lot with is exercising, taking care of my body Mm -hmm. because I need for my body to be strong and flexible to be able to carry me through these, the weight of the world, you know? Right. Right. And then one thing that I neglected a lot in my early twenties that I found needs to be there is how I tend to my relationship with my family. Mm. Right. Like even cousins, even distant relatives, like I need for to reach out and just be like, hey, you know, how are you doing? Yeah. Or go see people, pull up on people if I can. Mm-hmm. I neglected that part of me in my early 20s, not understanding how much that was like putting me in a weird state of mind. Because mm-hmm. it's almost like I wasn't connected to this tree that I come from. Mm-hmm. And when I started nurturing those relationships more, I just felt like so much better and, and so much more involved yeah. in my process. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I feel that. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's this selfishness we have to break out of often in our teenage years. Um, and and eventually you would hope that that is broken, but some people don't change their mindset. Some yeah. people are not open to change. Some people have a fixed mindset that you were saying you want to avoid. You want to be open to any knowledge and any revelation you may have because to think that you know everything you need to know to go throughout the rest of your life when you're 20 years old is just goofy. That doesn't make any sense. There's so much. I mean, even if you live to be 120 years old, you're not going to learn everything there is to know. And um, that's a good way to be, I guess, grateful for your resources. Our family is a resource of love, Mm -hmm. right? Because those are the people that should be showing us what unconditional love is. And and they've supported us and been there throughout our journey and they appreciate where we've gotten to Mm -hmm. as well. I know both of our mothers listen to this, right? And they talk about how different it is just hearing us share our thoughts and our experiences and in the, the way that we do compared to how we did 10 20 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, it just makes me think because definitely talking to people who don't feel like or talking to people that feel like they are trying to make um, um, a connection with their family. 
they are trying to reach out, but mm-hmm. they're not getting it reciprocated. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that can really stifle their self-love feeling mm-hmm. because they're like, okay, my, my current level of being isn't being loved by the people around me. And sometimes I think it can pigeonhole us and make us feel like we need, either need to be less or stay where we're at to yeah. receive love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're on a real self-growth journey, eventually even people close to you are not going to understand what you're doing Mm -hmm. so there's that balance there's like a balance of hey i still care about you guys but i'm gonna be evolving into my own thing over here like me Mm -hmm. and me and god are evolving into this thing over here Mm -hmm. and that just needs to be respected yeah yeah i'm glad you say that too and then you know when people are in the situation where your family's not reciprocating the love that you've already tried to show you either need to just have a discussion with them about that because maybe you're not showing it in their love language right Mm. um maybe they're misunderstanding you um but sometimes it's just not the right situation. And you might be in a situation where you need to build your own family. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have family members that are not biological, yeah. right? And um, that's difficult to do. I know people who have cut off their entire families. And you know, for me, having a very strong family and loving my family so much, that sounds crazy. But um, me being an empath, I do see how if your family is not being a positive influence in your life and you've already put in that effort and you've been trying to be a positive influence to them, because sometimes your family may need you more than you need them. Mm. And it, it takes a little humility and selflessness to get them to a point where they can show you the love that you deserve. But um, there does need to be balance there too. And we just have to be understanding with each other through the process because um, the biological family can't be replaced. They might not be what you would want them to be or what you expect them to be, but at the end of the day, they're the only one that you have. So if there is a way to nourish that and Mm -hmm. keep that together, I think that it deserves all the effort um, that you can put forth to it. And like you said, early in our 20s, we've kind of realized that. And my parents have told me that for a while. And I would think, you know, my family is really big, scattered across the country. So I would think, why is that my responsibility when I don't even get to see them? And the, all these other family members are this close to them. Like, why should I be the one trying to mentor them and affect their lives in that way? I don't feel like I have any power. But that was a self-limiting thought. I think my parents realized what I was capable of and they want to push me to do that and they know that my other family members can benefit from this love that I've developed within myself and to not be selfish with this because we, again, say we don't have time for certain things, but we make time for the things that matter, right? We make time for the people that matter. And uh, you might not have as much free time as you want, but if you really put in the effort to show that love, then I guarantee eventually it's going to be reciprocated. It might not Mm -hmm. be from the person that you show it to initially, but somewhere in the universe that love is going to find its way back to you because that's just how it works. Yeah. I love that you said that. Um, I've definitely worked with students who feel like all of their family is in shambles, right? Mm -hmm. And they're just thinking there's no way that we're going to make amends here. There's no way we're going to build here. But when they do get to a more acceptance and healthy place, they just start thinking about how am I going to build my next family? Mm-hmm. And it's it's so interesting how much that forgiveness comes into play because I challenge people to forgive even the like lowliest character that's in their family mm-hmm. and 
you know, a lot of people want to go on to like a battle and say, but this person in my family did this. Let's try to one up the trauma right. and one up the brutality. Yeah. But it's interesting because the the things that you hold on to, the things that fester, even if you feel like you have a righteous reason not to forgive someone, you're going to realize that that energy is going to be replaying and coming out when you start trying to build your family. Mm -hmm. So it is a challenge, you know, and I've had to do it with my own family, sit and balance, you know, sins of the past and realize that I have to forgive everyone and I can show love yeah. to both sides of ancestors mm -hmm. and uh, for myself and then for my kids. Because when I start dealing with that, I don't want any of that past trauma to come out because... I'm still immature and yeah. haven't, you know, kind of manned up and forgave these people in my life. Yeah. And um, I think anybody that's going to continue to have any type of influence in your life needs to be forgiven. Mm. If not, if there's no way you can forgive this person, you need to cut them out completely. That's what, the only way I think of it. Yeah, cut them out completely. And, um, you know, a lot of people say, I'm going to cut this person out, but you're still following them on Instagram and looking at them on Facebook. And if they send you a text, you reply. That's not cutting somebody out. So if you have bad energy towards someone that is still interacting with you in these ways, you need to figure out how you're going to bring yourself to forgive them or get rid of them. What is that? Like, what do you think that is in people where they don't like somebody, but they're keeping tabs on them? Oh, well, because that person clearly provided something for them at some mm -hmm. point, right? Yeah. And so that's hard to let go of, especially if it's somebody that we say we loved, because love mm -hmm. is very strong. So when that love is leaving and that love has been there for you consistently, it does feel like a part of you is gone, right? So especially if that self-love hasn't been established in a strong way, you're definitely going to feel like when that piece is gone, you need to do what you can to rebuild it or find a way to uh, refill that void that was taken away, basically. Yes, yeah, trying to supplement for that love or that lack of self-love. Yeah. I, I like that you brought up forgiveness because mm -hmm. uh, that's very important in self-love. You got to forgive yourself, right? Yeah. Because we're going to make mistakes. Man. I make plenty of them. So many. And uh, I've gone through times where certain mistakes, I really beat myself up because I felt like it was detrimental. Like you can't come back from it. <laughs> but Bro. Um, I've had mistakes in my life like three year like mm. like mistakes that took me like three years to finally come to grips and forgive myself for. Right. I've made mistakes that I was like, man, I'm just not a good human being anymore. Yeah. Like now I'm labeled a bad person. And but I'm it's like, like we're not in prison. Bruh. Exactly. Right? We're not out here committing crimes. Mm -hmm. Like If you're making those kind of mistakes, then yeah, you need to go have a conversation with someone else. But if you're making just normal mistakes, like you're, you're careless at some point, mm -hmm. uh, you might have let your tongue slip, said something to someone you shouldn't have said to. And, um, you know, that can go kind of extreme as well. So, you know, these things are all on the spectrum. I just mean to tell you that when you make mistakes, the the value behind that is to learn from it. For right? sure. And don't make the same mistake again. And the only way we can get better is to make mistakes and then be um, the person that, or I guess the person that knows not to make that same mistake down the line. But when when we're beating ourselves up and not allowing ourselves to be forgiven, then we become our own enemy, mm. right? And if you're your own enemy, then that's a very hard life to live because I've talked before where I don't really 
feel I have true enemies. <laughs> like that yeah. sounds weird to say, I know for a lot of people, but um, I guess I don't care about anybody enough in a negative manner to label them as an enemy, if that makes sense. That makes complete sense. But so many people are their own worst enemies, and some people will say it. Yeah. You know, I'm my own worst enemy. It's like, well, stop doing that because <laughs> yeah. you're your best teammate. Like, Bro. you're your best leader. You're your best follower. Mm -hmm. Like, at the end of the day, you got you. So you will be whatever you allow yourself to be, but the, the, the self-talk. It's so important with the self-love. What do you label yourself as? How do you identify? All these concepts we've talked before mm. just really wrap into this encompassing thought of love, which, like you said, are synonymous when it comes to the self and mm -hmm. love itself. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when did you feel like you had really developed a strong sense of self-love? Probably maybe like a year Two years ago, I think COVID did so much for me, actually coming out of COVID, having, first of all, having to go through COVID, having to sit in my room, gym clothes, all the places I go to close, mm -hmm. I can just go outside or stay inside in my, in my own home. Mm -hmm. That was huge because it made me face a lot of those ideas that I wasn't wrestling with, mm. right? So I would just choose to be busy and not think about the fact that there's this little thing I'm not forgiving myself for. There's these things that I'm not, you know, uh, showing myself love about. And after things started to get back to normal, and I feel like I took two years inside, mm. um, I just started to feel like I was able to move on moment to moment more. I was like, wow, these little things that I'm doing, I'm not really hung up on them. I'm able to really try my hardest and move on. Nice. And, and that's one thing that I don't think I was doing before was trying my hardest. So when we're talking about forgiveness, it's scary because that can make you try to behave with less passion. I think some people are like, okay, let me tone my passion back because when I get in my full passion mode, I say things that are offensive. Mm. I might say something that's overly vulgar and now people are looking at me weird. Mm. It's a very fine line to be able to remain passionate without, you know, going too far. Yeah. Uh, quick example. I mean, I really like to watch interactions with the NBA uh, players, coaches, fans. And there's a whole compilation of videos on YouTube of Russell Westbrook <laughs> and fans in the front row, right? And sometimes he said super disrespectful stuff to them, but I believe they've said the disrespectful stuff to him as well. But Russell Westbrook is 100% like a ball of passion. He's, yeah. he's passionate times 100, and this is why he's successful. Mm -hmm. But to tone it back is difficult to do. Yeah. yeah you know what I'm yeah. saying? But I'm sure Russell Westbrook does not... Uh, like ruminate on these decisions he's made on the court or else he would not be great. Right. And that's kind of how I'm trying to approach my life is be as passionate as Russell Westbrook and as moving on to the next moment as he seems to be. Yeah, yeah, but also have like that that little bit of control to um, switch between the situations, which is hard for him because he's passionate about his job, mm -hmm. which is his sport. Yeah. And here people are attacking him while he's doing that <laughs> passionate thing that, that his whole life revolves around, yeah. right? And they're sitting here saying these things to him, which I think a lot of the times he's probably not the first one to say something, right? He's mm -hmm. probably responding and then it sounds really bad, looks really bad. But to be able to get out of that passion within your sport 
to immediately address something over here. You really shouldn't address people that are there, but it's hard because they're hard. there. They're right yeah. there in front of you, right? Mm -hmm. So um, the fair thing would be for them to not be able to say anything or not be able to sit that close if they're going to be talking, but that's just uh, part of the job. That's why he makes the big bucks, right? Exactly, and that's, that's kind of what I was trying to get to is everyone who's great has learned how to be themselves like a unique version of their own passion mm. while forgiving themselves and finding a healthy way to distract the crowd. Mm -hmm. I'll talk with students about this often because they'll start trying to do better and then their friends, wherever they're at, inevitably, not inevitably, sometimes they'll come back and be like, I was trying to do this better this night and my friend's like telling me I'm a punk and I need to be able to, why am I acting scared and all these types of things. Mm -hmm. And I'll always go back to LeBron James. I'm like, okay, LeBron James is one of the best basketball players of all time, yet in every city he's gone to, People have talked trash about him, called mm -hmm. him cuss words, cussed him out. There's even been death threats placed on him. People have talked about his kids, his mom, mm -hmm. his wife, yeah. every place he's gone. And so the only reason I say that is because it's supposed to illustrate that if you want to be great, you got to develop a LeBron level of who cares mm -hmm. about what all these trolls and all these people are going to say to me because ultimately they're working from a place of hurt. Well, I'm trying to ascend as far as I can go. Mm -hmm. you know? Yep. And the easiest way to develop that mentality is to develop self-love. Because if you love yourself and you're confident in what you're doing and you're proud of yourself, then when somebody else tells you otherwise, they're going to sound crazy, right? You shouldn't take that to heart because mm -hmm. as long as your intentions are true, your intentions are pure. I talked to my dad about that as well. You know, you really can't go wrong if you have a plan and that your plan is to be good, you know? to show love and what it is you're doing. They, they talk about the, the janitor that's going to be the best janitor in town. He's proud to be a janitor, right? Mm -hmm. He's not going to let that, that title, which is not a bad title to have. That's a job. Like you'd be proud to have a job. A lot of people don't work, you know? So it's all about perspective as well. Mm -hmm. And when you have the perspective that you yourself have as much value as anybody else regardless of a title because of your being that's going to allow you to do a lot of great things and it gives you resilience and it gives you energy having that positive image and that self-love is going to give you energy to to be outgoing to get up in the morning because you're grateful that you have another day mm -hmm. um, it all of these things just compound upon one another just the same way as negative events and negative thoughts can press down and compound and continue to kind of have this snowball effect the positivity does the exact same but sometimes it just takes a little bit more effort because the negative can slip away without us even realizing it yeah so let me ask you Blake because I'm trying I'm thinking back on your history and people's perception of you you've always been super popular probably mm. one of the most popular people i know right <laughs> student council everyone loves you athlete <laughs> strong dude like multiple friend groups going crazy mm -hmm. did you always have a high level of self-love or is this something that you feel like me where i'm like oh only a couple years ago i really developed this I think if you asked me during all of those stages i would say yes i had self-love but you know mm. in hindsight the the confidence and the ego that I had, I don't think were necessarily what I would define as love at this point in my life mm. because I was 
sometimes doing things that were a little destructive, being a little careless, being a little reckless, where if I was truly loving myself, I wouldn't have put myself in certain situations. Mm -hmm. So on top of me being what I guess semi-successful in the things that I've attempted to do, I've been extremely blessed to not have to face the consequences for certain mistakes that I've made that other people have had to face. Right. Um, you know, just, I guess, becoming a young man and trying to be confident can often lead you the wrong direction. So you have to have that balance because, uh -huh. again, like you said, passion can manifest in different ways in the wrong situation. And um, I think I've always been a passionate person and I, I show my emotions, which is something I'm proud of now that, you know, could have got me in trouble in the past because you need that balance again. So um, I definitely love myself to the fullest at this point in my life. And I've always done that. But the quality of the love that I was showing myself has certainly improved over time. Yeah, I think you said it perfect and made me actually come to a realization that is very similar to my own self is that you can say you love yourself. You can say you have a lot of self-love, but right. until you behave mm -hmm. like you love yourself, mm -hmm. you're not really going to be vibing on that frequency. Because I've always said I was cold, like, oh yeah, yeah like sure. I'm good at this, like I can do this, I yep. can do anything. But mm -hmm. it's like, what am I doing on a daily basis mm -hmm. to make sure that I'm giving myself the opportunity to do those things yep. and actually care for myself, right? Yeah. And, you know, that that gets to basically the, the really bottom of what philosophy is. Why do people sit and try to break down these abstract ideas? It's because when we behave like the idea exists, mm. that's when the idea really matters. Right. If we behave like nothing matters, then we're going to go out and just do a whole bunch of stuff. But if we behave like every single moment is divine and we're connected to this bigger narrative, mm -hmm. then we basically are tricking ourselves into making the world uh, novel and divine. Yeah. You know and, what I'm and saying? And making the world a better place. <laughs> yeah. And we believe it's the reality, but you know, even if there was an inkling of doubt, we behave like it is. So it makes it real. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you say the reality because uh, reality is different for all of us. Mm. Right. And we're, kind of moving alongside one another, trying to morph them together. And when it comes to yourself and your self-love, that's a reality that you can't really portray for someone else. Mm -hmm. So you have to be confident in that image and really understand what that self-love means to you and how you're going to tend to that love on a daily basis. Because, again, you can say you love yourself just the same way that you can tell someone else that you love them. But how are you showing that person that you love them other than just saying it? Because mm -hmm. we know that just hearing that from someone, you're not going to believe it if they're not showing it to you right yeah. so that, that goes for you as well um and, and it does take a daily effort mm -hmm. so um for me personally i feel self-love when i take the time out to pray mm. to because that's that's my treat i i do that for me uh, in my relationship with god which i believe is within me and i Sometimes I'm hesitant to bring that up because for a lot of people, it's harder for them to connect in that way. Mm. They, they feel like they have to have a relationship with God to have self-love. And I would say that it's a lot easier to develop self-love with a relationship with God in my experience and my discussions with other people. But I have certainly met people who seem to love themselves that claim not to have a belief in a higher power. Yeah, I mean... 
I understand that. And I think it's because when we learn about the values of God, it also is teaching us about our highest self's values. You know, people would be like, I'm living my best life. I'm trying to manifest my highest self. The characteristics of that idea are usually the words that we've learned about God. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think sometimes it's just an easy way to create synonyms. Mm -hmm. God is love. I'm trying to show Mm self-love. Right. It's kind of like that's the perfect example. And when we compare ourselves to that example, if, if we don't have that forgiveness, we can fall short. But if it's just the idea of those are the values that will make me vibe at the highest frequency, now we're just trying to aim at something, right? Yeah. We, we aim. And, and a lot of times we miss, but sometimes we hit. And when we hit, it's lit. You know what I mean? Right. When we hit, it makes us realize, like, right. yeah, this is why I do this daily. This is why I tend to myself mm-hmm. for these moments when it hits. And it takes taking the shots. You exactly. got to take the shots because mm-hmm. you miss every shot you don't take. Mm-hmm. Um, love that you say it that way. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to try to be like, try to explain the connection between like a secular and non-secular philosophy that can make us all feel like we're manifesting our highest selves. Mm-hmm. But I know that there's plenty of camps waiting to debate and, and combat at every turn of that corner. Yeah. But you know, that takes you as well. There's a lot of different ways to develop self-love, right? There's mm-hmm. no uh, two plus two equation or, or a set in stone method. Like people take different avenues through different ways of thought and different ways of life. And uh, I think that's one of the most beautiful things of love and, and the self. There's so many different journeys you can take to get to the similar destination, but we're all going to a different place the same way we're all walking a different walk. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we have to respect and acknowledge that because one, that's going to give you the grace to walk your own path and not feel judged and not feel like you have to have acceptance from someone else to develop that relationship with yourself because mm-hmm. it doesn't involve anybody else. Yeah. Somebody else may come into your life to help you with that journey but uh, people come in season sometimes, and uh, not everyone's going to be here with you forever. Whether you're gone before them or they're gone before you, you have to know how to operate on your own. And it starts with your mind. It starts with your, your love for yourself. And uh, that, again, takes time and effort and energy. And I would tell you to be resourceful, but just make sure that you're also putting out what you're taking in. Yeah. And I think from your conversation here, you've challenged people to do something that's so hard when you said that if you can just kind of cut people off that are having the energy that you're not trying to align yourself with. I think that is one of the most difficult things for us. And when you asked me about when I started to really show love to myself, one of the ways I started to behave like I loved myself was Really understanding that misery does love company. Mm-hmm. And, and if people who are in a lower vibration can get you to conform to how they think, it, it's just, uh, I mean, I believe it's all for naught, but it makes them feel great. But the reverse works as well, too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You operating at a high vibration is equally contagious. Mm-hmm. It's just which of the two are going to put in the most effort. Because I've had people interact with me that are really trying to get me to have a negative reaction. Sure. But when I notice that, I immediately, whoop, gates come up and I'm ready for business. Because yeah. like, I'm not going to let that person get the reaction out of me that they want. And 
I can't say that I've always been that way. And that, that takes a lot of awareness and a lot of mistake making because I've never gained anything from arguing with somebody, especially in public, <laughs> when they're raising their voice at me and they're angry. That's that's not for me. So I don't entertain it. And uh, I typically get the conclusion that I want because I have that awareness and let them do what they're going to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting because duality exists. A lot of people, when you make the statement, misery loves company, everyone says, yes, obviously that's true. But... You know, like bliss and positive mental health, divinity also loves company. Love loves company. Man, love loves company too, the same way misery loves it. So it's like when we do get into those groups where you're with a bunch of people who have really tended to themselves and shown themselves self-love and don't take stuff so personal, it just feels great. You're just in this like charger pack and you feel like you're getting, this is what these podcasts are. Pretty much everyone who's still in my life that I talk to, I feel that way when I talk to them Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. makes it too easy, like too easy. Right, right. I've talked about energy vampires, Mm -hmm. right? I stay away from those. (laughs) I sure do. And I ask people, because I've heard people talk about how, oh, I have to hang out with blah, blah, blah. And they're like this. Mm -hmm. "Mm, so why are you hanging out with them (laughs) (laughs) that's the question i ask and then they're like well and they say they used to do this or they know this person they have this connection i'm like look things change so you should probably either mend this relationship or cut them out because Mm -hmm. you going into spending your time with someone with that negative emotion we only get 24 hours out of the day And we don't know how many days we're going to get. So why waste it with someone who's not adding to your life, Mm -hmm. right? That's a pretty simple concept to me. But people will sit there and say, well, I care about this person a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, they've been there with me through this, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you think people, I guess, fix those situations so that the person they care about is actually being a positive influence to them? Yeah, And I think that it's going to come back to the topic of this conversation, which is self-love. Because if you helped me, I hear this so much, you helped me when I was down. Mm. When I was not behaving like I loved myself and when I was getting myself into situations, you were there to help me out. We grow, we want to remain having our bond, but... I might be starting to ascend in my energy and start behaving like I love myself and I'm disciplined more now. I would love for you to still be with me in this relationship. I would love for us to still have our connection, but you're not making the effort on your side. Mm -hmm. So now it's, I'm now a new person. Cellularly, the way I think, everything is now a new person. So we do need to renew. We need to renew that. It's not like you just get a lifelong membership because you showed me love at once. Mm -hmm. Do you love the new person I'm becoming? Right. Do you love the new person God wants me to be? Mm -hmm. This is a whole other thing. Do you love what I'm kind of destined to become? Mm -hmm. Do you love that I'm showing confidence about the way that I'm creating my life? But Russ, how do you know God wants you to be this? Yeah. And I know because of the circumstances that are happening in my life, there's no way in my mind. There's no way that I would be tested with these types of trials and tribulations if God did not want me to become this super strong thing. There's no way that my ancestors would have been tested with those trials and tribulations if God didn't want me to become this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll, I'll take a selfish stance on the whole history going back thousands of years. 
I read that and I'm like, dang, look at the resilience, look at the trials and tribulations right. that God right. put me through. I can kind of see myself in the whole story and I'm here now still becoming, right? Because right? you think survival of the fittest, you've survived. <laughs> You're sitting here listening to this or watching this, you've survived. You're here today. Bro. And it's up to you to continue to survive, right? Mm -hmm. Something might take us out, but that's why we spend every day making sure that we're going to leave our mark, leave our legacy and have a positive reflection when we leave. Mm -hmm. And um, we have so much power, so much capability as individuals, but even more power as a group with that unity, with that that similar mindset of us wanting to leave a positive mark. When we do that as a group, it's so much easier. We have we have a plan. We have players. You know, you don't have to do any of this on your own, but you got to make sure you have the right people in your corner that are uh, working for the same cause as you, for sure. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are bad players, and they're really good at faking it so they make it. So you have to uh, have your discernment when you decide who's going to be in your corner, uh, who's going to share your love, who's going to receive your love, and um, who's going to be spending that time with you again. Because <laughs> so many people out here would love to love you. Mm. Um, so so we, many people. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard for people to hear that. Some people don't believe that. Yeah. Yeah. And you would say, how do you, you don't know me. How do you know that? Because there's 8 billion people in this world. Mm. Nobody can sit here and tell me there's not at least 10. Yeah. Some people would argue that there's not one, but I would argue there's not at least 10 people in this world waiting to love you. But yeah. as I said earlier this week on my Instagram, sometimes you got to love first. Some people want to receive the love and then give it back. But sometimes you have to be the initiator of the love. Mm. And I don't want you to think you got to go kiss somebody. Showing acts of kindness is love. Being a good person is love. And I've done good things for bad people before. I do it often. And mm. um, I have a sense of self-love because I do that. I don't expect anything in return because I know I do one good thing for 10 bad people. Eventually, another good person is going to really come and bless me. Mm. And I, I just pray that the good things I do for the bad people give them the insight to be better and continue to bless other people as well. Yeah. And, you know, I use that term loosely, bad people. <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. want anybody to be triggered by that. And some people think there's no such thing as bad people, but there are people who treat people poorly. There are people who make bad decisions that affect other people frequently. And um, I, I would argue that those people probably need to develop some self-love because um, I don't think if you have that self-love, those are decisions that you consciously make on a regular basis. Yeah, so true. Are you behaving like you love yourself? Mm -hmm. It really boils down to that. I think that's just a question. If you sit and meditate on that question, if you ask yourself that question and sit in silence for a little bit, like you're going to get an answer. Yeah. No, no, no. This is how I could behave more like I love myself. This is how I could behave more like I care. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. Some people, that's going to make them cry if they did that, man. Great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Great. Because it got to be released. Bro, it yes. got to be released. Yes. Because like, you know, it, sitting there and crying, sitting there and facing the fact that like, you feel like you've gone the wrong way is the only impetus to moving and going the right way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you have to forgive yourself mm -hmm. yep that's part of that emotion just easy core principles that have been here forever that we do not see echoed in society right. i see a whole bunch of judge yourself 
I see a whole bunch of compare yourself. I see a whole bunch mm. of you need this to be a better person, mm -hmm. right? No, uh, not a lot of energy is echoed around that. It's in you already waiting for your mind to get out of the way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a great point to bring up because, uh, again, there's so many external factors that are constantly trying to push us in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. And the people in control of those things may not be intentionally doing that, but it's very clear that that is what is constantly happening over and over again. That's why we have people that are depressed and suicidal and having these constant nagging negative thoughts because there is that external stimuli that's kind of taking control. But we're here to tell you with awareness and a constant effort, you can take control and battle these external stimuli almost effortlessly. It just takes routine in your practice, right? Man, so Initially, true. it will be difficult because it's going to be new. Anything new is difficult and anything that's new will probably evoke fear as well as we've spoken but that doesn't mean that you're not capable and that doesn't mean that you shouldn't get started on it like yesterday <laughs> yeah and it's interesting because you know in the last couple of years i've seen a lot of pushes where uh a voice uh some entity will be talking to the people and say hey like the u.s dollar is not going to be as valuable as it was moving forward so you need to invest in this new mm -hmm. form of currency to make sure that you still have value in 10 years mm. right all those types of ideas exist and we're here to say no matter what circumstances come in the future if you're investing in self-love you're gonna have that that still valuable asset because mm -hmm. it's you, right? Yeah. And they need us to be able to have value to anything else. Some people would be like, oh, the dollar is backed by gold. Oh, if there's enough gold, then the dollar means something. No, if there was no human minds, that gold means nothing. Right. So we back the gold, mm -hmm. then gold backs the dollar. Right. But, but we have to be there first and we can make ourselves gold. I can try to convince the whole universe and everybody in it that I'm just as valuable as a infinite amount of gold mm -hmm. but it's not going to happen until you believe it exactly. and you make it happen yep right? and, and now you're talking about uh king right people want to use that word oh like i'm a king i'm mm -hmm. a king i feel like a king like yeah Ooh. what up king exactly like, all like, that type very of loosely, stuff very but how loosely. far have you taken it how far have you recognized your worth because i mean like i'm saying to me gold is a material i'm light I'm transcending anything physical, right? Yeah. It's worth more than anything priceless, for real, for real. And it, and it all comes because of what I think about myself and uh, what I think my trajectory is with this. Yeah, and I, I agree with that in terms of, like, uh, monetary value and mm -hmm. trade. But it is interesting, you know, gold does have properties that other precious metals don't. That's true. And being able to transfer energy, and I do feel when I don't have my gold necklace on. Yeah. Like, there's something about melanin in my belief and gold and transferring energy, receiving the light and spreading the love that kind of all circles together. Mm -hmm. But it, it's, it's really the mindset of what value does this have? Yeah. I don't have a necklace because I think it's pretty. I don't have a necklace because I think it costs a lot. Mm -hmm. None of those things really matter, but the, the power of the gold does have a different connotation mm. you know and yeah. that's all perspective some people can think that's crazy whatever still got my necklace and i it's a mental thing for me you know i've had it for so long and it was a gift from my parents and uh it, it, it's it's sentimental right mm -hmm. so so those things 
can always play a role, whether it was obtained with money or not. The value that we put on something needs to be more than monetary value. Yeah, and the point you bring up is true, and historically, people have held those beliefs too. You go to ancient Egypt, they felt the same way about gold as far as like it vibrating with right. you at a certain level. And we live in Phoenix, Arizona, not too far from a place called Sedona, Arizona, mm. where there are probably hundreds of people right now picking up different crystals and trying to figure out mm. what they mm. feel when they have a quartz or what they feel when they have an right. amethyst. Yeah. And I, I got into that early too, drove down there and started being like, oh, I'm spiritual with these. <laughs> but now I challenge myself and others to think what's being communicated with? Mm. Like what, like, yes, this out external source i feel it somehow but what is that in me that's communicating with this right right and now you've found the true pot of gold and like what mm -hmm. historically they've called like the fountain of youth or the elixir mm -hmm. of life these different yeah. motifs that are just trying to tell you about this like fountain of spirit that's within you yeah you know? yeah because don't limit yourself by thinking that that beauty and that level of power is only in a place like Sedona. Mm -hmm. It might be a little more concentrated, but that's scattered across the world. Yes. And, um, and it's only a reflection of what you have inside of you. It's trying to mm -hmm. mimic you, right? Mm -hmm. All these things that have value are attempting to mimic you. And you talked about how there's not really like a cynical plan to make sure we don't recognize that, but it's definitely not being yelled and echoed everything that has value is attempting to mimic you <laughs> you know like you could realize that or not you know mm -hmm. but but the people who understand it are gonna are gonna use it to to gain right self-love mm. you know for me has been very important in developing confidence right and confidence has become so important because it, it really is the direct product of self-love, I would say. I, I had a point in my life where I felt loved and I felt confident and I started feeling more eager and more confident to spread love, right? And um, it, it was just that these kept compounding on each other, basically, and the, the self-love was pure at that point and I kind of understood more what it was, but then that confidence became pure as well. And it wasn't kind of that immature confidence that's a little bit irrational, maybe when we're in our teenage years where we feel invincible, but um, rather me just knowing that I was capable, um, first and foremost, because I did love myself and I gave myself the opportunity to do these things and I was going to put forth the effort. And um, I had done all of these things before, so why couldn't I do X, Y, and Z that's ahead of me, right? Mm -hmm. And um, you don't compare your accomplishments with the obstacles that you're facing because you should be pushing yourself to fight and uh, overcome bigger and bigger obstacles. And that's that's part of the growth process. And, and we talked about last week the fear as well, but you don't have as much fear when you develop that love and that confidence and how you act and your, your routine and your processes just because you're so grateful for the opportunity to try and you, you love yourself for trying, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's something that human beings have experienced for a long time, coming into a place where they feel like chaos exists and only through their own efforts will order, you know, snap into place. Mm -hmm. And at any point of your life, you can be like, oh, my gosh, this is all just chaos and not and lose your faith in the yeah. fact that order will snap back into place. But it's going to take your work to align order back into your life. Yeah. 
because some people believe in like the the rule of threes like something bad happens and like two other bad things will happen and it history has shown sometimes that that's the case and when you get to that third bad thing it doesn't feel like it's ever going to stop right mm-hmm. but you have to have that internal locus of control and understand your your self love within that chaos is so powerful because now you have the opportunity to help everyone else that's also going through whatever tragedy may be. And um, again, like we said, once you put that positive energy out and share that love, it will find its way back to you, whether it's from the person you shared it with or not. And uh, that's kind of the beauty of it because uh, if you haven't seen it happen yet, then I promise you if you continue to put that love out there, it might be 20, 40, 50 times that one time you get it back will mean something. Yeah. And it'll make all that effort you put forth <clears throat> worth it because it's just natural for us to want to be loved. And uh, you deserve love, so start by loving yourself. Mm-hmm. All I got to say. Man. And thank you guys so much for listening to this and i just invite you to share the love if you felt like you got a tidbit a a tip a tool that you can use to develop your self-love and kind of have a more positive um, image of yourself and um, recognize your capability definitely just share that blessing with one other person and please like this audio file or video however you're joining us because we'd appreciate it so much and we appreciate you for giving us the opportunity to put some flavor in here. True. And you know, honestly, Blake, we have now developed a pretty dope community. The people who yeah. have gotten back to me and gave me feedback, I'm just like, wow, yeah. you guys don't even know each other. You're all in yeah. different walks <laughs> of my life. But like the things that you're expressing that this is kind of creating in your mind is just beautiful. I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, my my thing is I just want to be able to have that effect on as many people as possible. And I do it in my day to day, just face to face. But this is a this is a whole nother level for us, being mm-hmm. able to put that positivity out into the ether and spread it across the world. We have listeners in what, like five countries now? Yeah, five countries. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. That's mm-hmm. I, I mean, I really didn't even uh think about that possibility when we started this, but um it's certainly a power that we don't take for granted and we want everybody to continue to give us feedback and make sure that you get the most out of this experience that you can. And, uh, we'll see you next Thursday. Yeah. Yep. Peace. Peace.